Hello and welcome to this very special wildlife edition of Straight From The Hot Tap. In episode 6, Josh tells us about his recent lucky escape from the strong arm of the law. Lou gives us some new and interesting and partially truthful reviews. Johnny tells us about his conservation activities in Costa Rica. I dig up a 20-year-old skeleton from my university days. And Matt eats his lunch. Oh, and Josh still hasn't seen The Wire. We hope you enjoy the show. I'm Matt. I'm Johnny. I am Josh. And I'm Matt. And this, and this is, is straight, straight from the hot set. Matt, are you having your lunch already? One minute in. Matt, Matt, before we start, you have no idea how much pain your your lunch eating causes me in the editing suite. <laughs> <laughs> Every <laughs> clink of a spoon on a bowl. Every piece of avocado being sucked through your teeth oh. is, 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 is picked up by me and has to be deleted. That that could go into the hundreds hey, of edits. Let's just do this at a different time. Can you not make it a regular feature, Matt's lunch? <laughs> right, there's this guy. And um, he he's married, been married for, for, for a few years, but... He spends a lot of time going to the pub, you know, he goes out most evenings down to the pub. Um, so he, and, you know, he's getting ready to go out to the pub again. Um, and he says, you know, his wife says, look, for, for God's sake, you know, you know, this is getting so, such a bad habit. You know, you come back so drunk every night. I know I don't spend time with you. Our, our evenings, you know, you're always out in the pub and you, you just get hammered and you come home and you're, you're an absolute mess. And she just said, look, I've had enough. Um, if you keep doing this, in fact, if you do this one more time, um, the, the marriage is over because I, I, you know, I, I just can't deal with it anymore. He takes it on board. He's like, listen, honestly, I'm just going out for, um, for a couple. I'll be back and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll watch something on TV. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll spend some time together. So anyway, sure enough, he goes to the pub, orders his first, you know, first drink, sits with the locals at the bar. The first drink becomes the second drink, becomes the third drink, becomes the fourth drink. And he just stays the whole night. He gets absolutely wasted, as per usual. So much so that he, he, he literally vomits on himself sitting at the bar. He's so drunk. And one of the other guys is like, "Oh my god, this is great." He's like, "Listen," he says, "You don't understand. You don't understand." He said, oh, "I've just." I, he, he sort of sobers up at this moment. He's like, "You don't understand." My wife told me if I do this again, if I get this drunk again, she's literally going to leave me. This is like my last chance. I don't want to do. I don't want to do. I, you know, just both thrown up on myself. And the guy's like, "Okay, hold on. I've got a plan. I've got a plan. What you do is you say to your wife that I did it. I threw up on you. I got so drunk and threw up on you. You put a twenty pound note in your pocket, in your top pocket of your of your jacket, and you say that you know, your friend threw up on you and he's given you twenty pounds for the dry cleaning." So he's like, okay, okay. And so he drinks a few, a few glasses of water, sobers up a bit and stumbles home covered in puke. And obviously, sure enough, he walks to the door. His, his wife is like, okay, look, I, you said you'd be back hours ago. You're covered in puke. I told you this is the last time. Our marriage is over. Let me explain, he says. He says, look, he said it was, it was someone else. He puked up on me. He puked up on me. Look, and he, said, and he points at the money in his, in his top pocket. He says, look, he, he was, he's really apologetic. This other guy puked up on me and he's given me this 20 pounds for the dry cleaning. And so his wife reaches into his pocket and, and she says, hold on, there's, there's two 20 pound notes here. There's 40 pounds. And he said, yeah, yeah, the, um, 
the other twenty pounds is for the guy who shat in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Josh. <laughs> oh, that's so horrible. <laughs> Brilliant. Can I just have some silence? Because I'd like you to hear this. Uh, I'm just going to put the mic nearby. Okay, here we go. I hope you can hear this. Is that a dark and stormy? That's the sound of the cut to the spice cut rum. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Which uh, yeah. I'd like to, I'll mix up and drink to your health, Batoni, and the rest of the pod, podcast members. Good week in Podland, chaps. We've had 130 views at last count, or rather listens at last count. That's pretty Ooh. decent. Yeah. 130 people. Winning. So, so yeah, that's really good. You know, again, without without a great deal of uh, of marketing. So, so yeah, I've also started to get a few a few comments in from from um, from people, which is nice. Some people we know, some people we don't know. So yeah, all good. Which um, loosely brings me round to lose reviews. Lose reviews. Lose reviews. Lose reviews. We just want the truth, Lou. That's all we want. Oh God, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry I was late, guys. I'd just like to put that on the record. Sorry I was late. And at least I've watched The Wire. I just want to, you know. <laughs> So, Lou, what has come in this week? Well, that actually uh, leads quite nicely onto the first review, which says, thanks for the slightly above average podcast. <laughs> I can't believe Josh hasn't watched The Wire. From now on, everything he says holds no credibility whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> it was written by... Detective Inspector McNulty. I laugh as if I know what you're saying. Excellent. So, so yeah, gl- glad to see that we're not alone in, in taking the piss out of you for that, Josh. You guys have had a really nice um, review from someone called Jessica Axe. Never heard of her. And she said, <laughs> I have spent a very enjoyable afternoon in the company of these four fine fellows. I came away feeling disturbed and delighted in equal measure. Keep up the good work. Yes, massive shout out. Thank you so much. Um, great that you're listening. Great that you're enjoying it. Uh, yeah, come on the show one day. Yeah, Jess, come on the show. That'd be great. And um, the next one is from Christian, and he says, really funny, entertaining and stupid. These friends put the horrors of modern life into perspective, <laughs> although I think alcohol may have been edging them along. <laughs> Edging them along. That's a bit odd. Yeah, it's a bit, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know where he's getting those ideas from. Yeah. yeah. Where would Where would someone called Christian Basie learn about edging along? I just don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not okay. You're all going to hell. I promised I'd give Christian a massive shout out. So, uh, say hello to Christian, everyone. Hey, Christian. Hi, Christian. Hi, Christian. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Christian, um, have you watched The Wire yet? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Excellent. I'll take your silence as a yes. The last review for this week comes from someone called Matt B. And he says, (laughs) I enjoyed listening to the podcast in the main part. My only gripe is that whoever is eating crunchy nut cornflakes in the background really <laughs> needs to wait until after recording. 
as it incited a level of rage in me that can only be compared to consistently losing the annual golf tournament. (laughs) If you ever want a mental visualisation training session, I'll I'll, I'll hook you up. No problem. Will will I have to turn my head on its side? (laughs) Yep, that's the first step. So, Josh, as an actor, it must be pretty challenging doing auditions under lockdown. You know, we were doing a lot of self-tapes from home anyway, so it's like a very normal thing to, to audition. You know, you have a setup at home with the camera, the, you know, the, the, um, you know and you, you, sub, you tape at home and you submit your tape to your agent and then to the casting director. So it's not, it's not unusual, but obviously that's just ramped up now because there are even commercial castings are done this way now. But... I've got to say, like last week, I did have some, I did have a more memorable self tape um, occasion. They had to do three scenes, and it was like a sort of sort of sixties police officer, and I had to put on the accent for this. So I was doing like a Leeds accent, which I'd worked on for a few days, and got down to the filming. And the first couple of scenes were just sort of normal level with my deputy and all sorts of. Anyway, the last scene was an interrogation scene, and I had to really go for it. Like I was interrogating someone, being as threatening as I could be, using sort of old school tactics, obviously to get the truth out of them. And it, it, it seemed builds and builds to the point where there's physical violence threatened to the person, and and I'm sort of yelling at this person, threatening to to to, to hit them with a hammer. So it gets a bit, it gets, it all gets pretty sort of like violent, right? And you know, Tanya's reading with me as the you know. As the other character, so I do the take. I do a few takes of this, and obviously, you know, it gets a bit tasty because we're, you know, I'm going for it. And then, um, you know, that was it. That was the last scene of this of this of these three scenes. So I started to clear away, and literally just like, just a few minutes later, there was a really firm knock at my door. So I was like, oh god, I must, you know, maybe upset the neighbour or something. Anyway, I I over the door. I'm not kidding. There were four policemen lined up down the stairs. That's how much that. Four. There were four policemen. And they're like, um, oh my God. Producer, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've heard reports of the disturbance and all sorts of stuff. And they were guilty, initially, they, they were getting braced for what they thought was happening up here. So they were really firm with me. They had to come in, obviously, and check what was going on. And obviously, my look on my face, I was just like, I was like, oh my god, I'm an actor, I'm an actor, I was doing a scene, I was doing a scene, I'm just doing a scene. Um, I'm sorry, I'll, show, I'll show you the tapes, I'll show you the tapes, I'll show you the tapes, I'll show you what we're doing, and everything. And then, I think they realised, quite quickly, they still had to come in and make sure, yeah, make sure Tanya was like still alive. And then, make sure nothing, but then when they came in, so they had the tripod up, thank god it was still there, so the whole scene was set. It was like a sort of hammer and six inch nail on the desk. I don't realise it. They had to make sure Tommy was okay. They thought they talked to her for a bit. And Did they have to untie her? <laughs> yeah, they had to take a six inch nail out of her hand. <laughs> to be honest, we all had a laugh about it. It was, it was a highlight of the week, really. You know? <laughs> That's brilliant. No, it's so funny, Josh. Oh, my That's God. Story. I love it, was, it, was, it was fun. It was fun. But, yeah. Right. Anyway, towards the matters, Josh. Towards the We've got Abby Mills asking a question for the group. Hi, all. Anybody know any takeaways that are good? In brackets, <laughs> delivery ones. I've looked on Deliveroo, Just Eat, and Uber Eats, but it's all the same stuff. I mean... <laughs> Uh, if you've covered those bases, I'm, I'm going to guess. It, I'm going to say that the answer is no, Abby. 
Do you think she's tried every single takeaway in the whole of Taunton? Very possibly, if she's looked on those three platforms. Exactly. She needs to listen to Straight from the Hot Tap, and um, and then she'd know about Oggy's pasties. Oggy Oggy pasties, yeah. 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 A delivery, free delivery. I if they do delivery, but if not, yeah, that's what you need to do, Abby. You need to get down to Oggy's pasties. Best pasties in Thornton. There you go, Abby. Happy to help. There's someone called Claire who just wanted to post... Uh, it'd be interesting to see the follow-up in case there was some side effect. She received her first COVID vaccination at the race course today. Um, nice. <laughs> the staff and volunteers are amazing, she says. I don't know. I'm just interested to see how that worked out after our conversation last week. She's yeah, <laughs> a vial of ketamine. Yeah, exactly. She's literally just running faster than she's ever run before in her life. Um, <laughs> being pursued by a random pensioner. Jumping hedges and things. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully the jab works out in the right way for her. We, we hope so. There's a picture here, which, I mean, is tragic, really. It's outside the Thornton Council building, I think. Is it a red sofa been, been set alight? <laughs> Why would the council... Ch- it, it's, it's, a, it's someone called Elizabeth who has taken a picture of someone cutting down this really nice tree. And she's asking... Why would the council choose to cut down a beautiful, mature maple tree? Any tree surgeons out there who can enlighten me? Are there any tree surgeons listening to this? You know, this is probably the final one that I'll do. It's from Amelia Jennifer, and it's a hard, it's quite a sort of heart-wrenching story. She's asking group if anyone knows of anyone looking to rehome a hamster. Please let me know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I'm really struggling to get a hold of one at the moment. <laughs> I've been in pets at home multiple times and nothing. <laughs> and then someone, no genuine replies, including someone saying, I know of a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> And then somebody, some concerned, a concerned person called Alex Hudson. Did you manage to find a home? I can't take her as I have a cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know my views on cats. Yeah. Oh, um, it just makes you think that I hope that that poster isn't yeah. a crank. You know, has, has got honest motives for the hamster. When I lived in Essex... Um, yeah, we 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 were woke. We, we woke up one night um, by this rattling noise, and um, and the cat was going bananas. Like the cat was literally just leaping all over the place, trying to get under the bed, trying to get behind the wardrobe, all this sort of stuff. Was this Dennis? Three, or... No, this was um, uh, uh, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who uh, sadly passed away a couple. Of, uh, was it last year? Yeah, it was last year. Mm. He died, poor Brian. But no, so yeah, so Brian was going bananas chasing this, uh, the, 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 what, what, we, what we later found out to be a mouse. Um, so it's bloody difficult when you're in a, when, when the cat brings a mouse in, the mouse escapes, then to try and catch the mouse again. So anyway, I threw the cat out the, out the bedroom door. <laughs> um, and so like, how do I catch the, catch the bloody mouse? And it was just, you know, it was, you, you could hear it rattling around. Anyway, all of a sudden, the, the rattling started to get louder and more panicked and um and was going around the edge of the, the kind of skirting boards of the bedroom so i got you know, i got on my hands and knees with a, with a torch 
and I could see this 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 mouse, um, but but running in a really kind of weird way. So I thought it had obviously been injured by the cat or something. Um, so I, I finally I got a pint glass, <laughs> and and so I, I finally I finally caught this mouse, and it it it, it managed to go down behind the chest of drawers. And by running along the skirting boards, had managed to get its head lodged in an aftershave bottle lid. <laughs> if, you, if you imagine, a, you know, a, a, a tiny black dustbin, it was stuck on the mouse's head. So it basically looked like it looked like Darth Vader. What happened to the mouse? Well, this is the thing. So I had it in this pint glass, and it was there with this this lid stuck on its head, uh, which in <laughs> itself was hilarious because uh, it was going round and round the pint glass, oh, um, banging banging its banging its helmet on the uh, on the yeah. side of the glass. And then I had this awful like, it's like now it's like I didn't know what to do next because I didn't know how to get the helmet off the mouse without the mouse escaping, and then you know ending up back to square one trying to catch it in the um in the bedroom. So I had this brilliant idea, which turned out not to be such a brilliant idea. Did you idea. spank it with a slipper? <laughs> no, I uh I put it in the bath. <laughs> so I figured that it couldn't, you know, it, it couldn't really escape the bath because of the the, the the sides. So yeah, so. This mouse was going round and round the bath with this with this helmet on its head, with me trying to catch it. And I finally got hold of it and took the managed to take the the lid off its head. Um, and of course, it now got its sight back and 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 managed to bite me and then run off again. So I, I you know, so I was literally just on my hands and knees in the bathroom trying to catch this mouse. I finally caught it in this pint glass again, um, and I thought right, I'd chuck it outside. And I, I took it outside, threw it over the the fence into the next door neighbor's garden. <laughs> straight in front as like as it later turned out of my other cat that was just mi- minding his own <laughs> business walking past the cat just <laughs> took one look at this mouse and <laughs> just caught it and ran off it was like oh my god <laughs> I all that effort to save this fucking mouse and it ended up getting eaten anyway the last the last like 20 30 <laughs> minutes of that mouse's life were just just horrible yeah the, mice Mice are a real like lightning rod for emotion because they're quite sweet. Like, yeah, because they're kind of. It's really interesting because like so, where where I live, I've we have um, there's been unbelievable problems with like um, mice and uh, all kinds of stuff. It's just a fucking nightmare, right? Uh, you know, when you see a mouse, they look really sweet. Oh, the second you see more than one, your perception of them completely changes. I, I once had to abandon my house, right? Because all the because where I live, like, all the houses are made of wood, and it's it's quite old. And um, all the neighbours had to move out as well. On my, I basically live on this tiny street. I woke up at two in the morning once, and I was like, I know someone's in the house. I was just with that moment of total clarity, and so I was like, okay, just stay calm. So I, I jumped out of bed and I grabbed the light and I kid you not, I saw between half a dozen and a dozen mice ah, in the kitchen. Oh my no. god. Man. All jumped at the I same time. Oh my god. Yeah. And so and so I got this and it was terrifying. It's actually really scary when you see it happen because it's so uncontrollable. I got this guy who was recommended, right? The, the exterminator. And he he basically turned up his name was danielle and um, <laughs> like danielle must have had a crazy life in one sense because he was put on this earth for one purpose and one purpose <laughs> the only reason that danielle exists in the world 
is to end mice. <laughs> if, there is, if there is a mouse, he will end it. It's just, it's just that simple. And he doesn't really, he's not a great poet or a philosopher. He just, that's his, that's what he does. And um, so I, I came into my house. Uh, so I, I went to stay with this crazy Mexican girl that I was dating with. And then I, I come back after two days and she, she offered to like bring her dog, bring her cat to my house. I was like, no, whatever. Right. So I got out of there and I came back to my house because Danielle called me and said, I'm done. And I walk in and I, I saw a scene that I actually coined a new, a new word to describe what I saw when I walked into my house. My house had become Mauschwitz. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, I said to Danielle, I said to Danielle, I said, listen, I said, I don't really like most, but I feel kind of bad because of, you know, you've caused the massacre, you know, like I feel bad for the mice. And he goes to me, he like considers this for a moment. He's got, he's like missing a few teeth and stuff. He considers this for a moment and he goes, plenty more where they came from. <laughs> When I was living in Costa Rica, I lived in um, I lived in this in this like enclave that was kind of partly in, in a in a forest, and it was you know there was loads of there was loads of um, vegetation and there was loads of animals as well, and it was it was lovely. It's like it's kind of like a very much it was like how you expect sort of like the tourist guide of Costa Rica is. There's just just loads of geckos, and there were loads of little. Um, rodent derivatives and stuff but the the thing that there were also loads of there were loads of bats um, oh bats, bats are crazy bats are ex exactly bats are crazy bats so crazy they are they are and so like i was living in i moved into this new house within this enclave and my room was hadn't been lived in for a while with by uh by the previous occupant and stuff and and i just kept flown in that night so i was a bit jet lagged and stuff i went to sleep and then I, I woke up in the night and there was this, there was something flying around in the room and I didn't really know what it was, a bit disorientated, so I put the light on. And and there was this massive bat in the room and I went after it to try and to try and get it. And it kind of like it kind of it disappeared and I couldn't get it. So I went back to sleep. And then I was woken again I maybe I don't know exactly how long, a bit later, and I put the light on. And there were two bats in the room. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Part of my whole experience going to Costa Rica was, you know, to be in touch with sort of the eco side of it. And I was doing a job over there that was very green and, uh, you know, conservationist and stuff. But all that went out the window. And I just, I just massacred these bats. No. I, I just killed these bats with a pair of towels. I just sort of towel whipped them. <laughs> I was just telling you, and I was so tired that I just sort of just left their bodies on the floor and I just went back to bed. In the morning, I, I woke up and there was just so much blood all over the floor. Oh, and, and, but to this day, I just, it always, it always stays with me um, that I just murdered these bats just because they were like there before I was. Yeah, and, and yeah, I feel like I, I need to really somehow redress the balance. Or, or sort of offset what I did somehow. The unexpected animal encounters are pretty sketchy. My my next door neighbour in my old house, um, he 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 told a really funny story. He, he was um he's a really keen fisherman, so he used to head off early morning, 
uh, to this lake where, where we, we used to go fishing together sometimes. Um, and anyway, it was a really, really hot summer's day. Uh, and he was, he was, um, he, he smoked. So he was, he was driving his car, uh, quite, quite fast down a, one of these country lanes. Um, I still had the window wide open because he's having a cigarette and he went around this bend and, and it, it took about an absolute freak of physics. As he went down this, his, around this bend, he hit the exact trajectory and timing of a buzzard going down to to take to take some prey. So this buzz obviously been you know coming 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 in to to take a rabbit. And as it got got to the to the right height, it went straight through his open driver's side car window. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah, he's doing about forty miles an hour, and oh buzz is massive. I know. And literally, this buzzard was going just going around his car like. Well, like it, like it, like a like a bat That's out a of hell. Big, bird. It's That's a terrifying. big bird. I know, I know. And he literally had to. He stood to a halt, and like literally had to just get out of his car. And I mean, he, was, he, he had scratches all over him and stuff. And he just had to, yeah, just had to wait until it calmed down a little bit, and then, then let it out and went on his merry way. But can you imagine the panic? Like literally, ah. he had no idea what happened. One minute he was driving. Listening to music, you know, with a cigarette. But he's got a buzzard flying around his car. Yeah. <laughs> that is unbelievable. No, I know. He, when he came <laughs> back, he told me the story. He was like literally still shaking from this from being scared by it. it was, oh, crazy! Oh That's crazy. That's. Yeah. I know. It's like I'm literally one in a million shot, isn't it? I mean, the buzzard. Imagine <laughs> on the buzzard as well. He must have had a bit of a shock. Yeah, one minute he's thinking, right, <laughs> breakfast time. Next minute, he's he's in a he's in a Honda Civic. <laughs> <laughs> well this is the time of the show we call Maslis. I'm sure some, I'm sure one of you has has heard about this new app that people are downloading all over the world right and it's like everyone loves to talk about how busy they are it's like a consequence of modern life so there's this app and which now like literally hundreds of thousands of people including me have downloaded in order to deal with this like said stress right what's really interesting about it is that it's kind of it kind of shines a perfect light on the, on these people that say they're stressed who by and large are just just have an issue with managing their time they're not for example like someone who does a double shift in the icu or a frontline coronavirus worker these guys are stressed because obviously i downloaded it just out of curiosity right uh, you know the expression, curiosity killed the bat. <laughs> so the app is called Calm. I've got it as well. Exactly, right? So it's become one of the most popular global apps, right? It's kind of reinforced and encouraged that behavior of like going, I'm so stressed, I'm so stressed. I need this thing called calm. And basically you go on to calm and you can do things like what I use it for is I, I, I have the sound of a train. Like one of the sounds you can do is like the sound of a train. It basically has all these things that are supposed to make you feel calm. Like there's like Idris Elba reading a fucking bedtime story. He was in a show or something, I think. Doesn't ring bells, does he? What is it? <laughs> Doesn't string any bells for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so calm isn't isn't for you, man. Has it has it improved your your zen? Like I've tried it now on several mornings. There's this morning meditation, but I just can't believe the stuff that they're telling me. Breathe in, breathe out, all the stuff. Right? 
it's just like, really? Who's got the fucking time to do that? I'm too busy trying to close this multi-million dollar deal to fucking worry about have I, can I find my emotional core? I think it's your 60% narcissist, Matt. I think that's partly your problem. Probably 80% after a year of coronavirus. It gave me an idea for like another app uh, that I could get rich off, you know, because I'm clearly not going get, to get rich from TV writing. It's called Lack of Calm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and it's, a, it's a whole app dedicated to like making you not calm. So like, for example, like, instead of like the ambient noise of like a river flowing, the sound of a jackhammer right outside your window. <laughs> <laughs> like, or like, instead of like, um, you know, a soothing description of descending into, into a rainforest from the Bolivian cloud forest and seeing <laughs> the macaws fly by you. There'll be like the description of being in a press conference in Afghanistan that gets hit on letting <laughs> journalists around you and causing you to have to run for cover through the war-torn city streets of a destroyed Afghan town insulted by a militia. Um, I've got the perfect idea for, 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 for part of the app. It could be yeah. the sound of a bat being killed with a towel. <laughs> with a towel, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like a meditation where you know you, it starts off, you know, a la Calm app. You know, you're you're driving in a car in a peaceful country. Right? And then a buzzer comes to the window, and it fucking flaps its wings all over your face, and it claws your eyes out. <laughs> career into the side of the road. It's the reassuring sound of the windscreen wipers going back and forth across the window. Right. Brilliant. <laughs> I feel like I I might have stumbled onto something um, similar, but not not quite as acute as what you're saying. Because I get I get pushed videos by this guy on um, on on Facebook, and then he appeared on LinkedIn. And his thing is like OCD things, but then just but then just before whatever it is he's doing is complete. He just messes it up, oh, no. and so so it'll be like it'll be like a domino run, and he's just about to put the last one on, and then he knocks it over with his knocks it all over and sets it all off, or Brilliant. like a, ma- a matchstick picture, and then he just deliberately screws it up, or like a calligraphy picture, and then he just scribbles all over it, and it's deliberate. It, it is very enraging. It's like watching a man taking seventeen practice swings. <laughs> <laughs> but then buffing it into the rough. <laughs> so this is a new part of the show called the airing of grievances. This is where we take the opportunity to reflect on an incident in our past that we really haven't been able to forget about. In this episode, I talk about an incident from my university days, which I really still haven't got over. Yeah, they they say it's really good to to air grievances and actually talk about things that that you haven't quite um, got over from 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 your past, and you get that sort of shared collaborative feeling of you know getting it out of your system, getting the, the people that you're friendly with to to give you that little bit of counselling, so that you can park that grievance and move on with your life. And there's one I wanted to talk about actually from my university days. So 
you know, I, I struggle to talk about this now as it makes me so angry. What? So one thing that not, not many people know about me is that I'm an extremely skilled rollerblader. <laughs> I didn't know that, man. This, this is actually true. I do actually know this about you. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen you sort of gliding around on a rollerblade at school a couple of times. Yeah. And also, I think one time I saw you doing the same on an ice rink, and I was quite sort of taken aback by how graceful you were on the ice. I am. I, I, it's a bit like that scene in Fantasia when the hippos are ice skating in tutus. It's, <laughs> it's got a lot of similarity to it. But no, when, when I was when I was at university, um, rollerblading was my preferred mode of transportation around the Warwick University campus, um, and I was quite fortunate to be elected, um, you know, but with quite a large majority on some very ambitious uh, promises to the position of president of the University Rollerblading Society. No way! It was very prestigious. Obviously, very influential. And one of my big, my big, I, I was honestly I had this great plan for a sweeping program of change of investment, really bringing rollerblading to the masses, promoting the sport. Oh, you know, dude. why why have two legs when you can have eight wheels? Yeah. You know, you've got to run those skateboards out of town, man. Um, anyway, I was I was unfortunately impeached some weeks later um, after a, an accounting irregularity that that um, essentially. I was accused of embezzling rollerblade funds <laughs> for personal gain um, by a guy, and I struggle to say his name out loud, to be honest, because I hate him that much, a guy called Andrew. I won't put his surname out there. So, so yeah, so it all got a bit messy. So he called an extraordinary general meeting of the rollerblade fraternity um, and um, got a load of his mates to sign up as rollerblade society members which i should have countersigned by the way as president and they rather publicly voted me out and not just that this is where it gets even more severe i was reported to the students union for embezzling funds which was a fit up wow. yeah so fortunately yeah, yeah so fortunately i was i was i was acquitted of all charges um and wrapped on the knuckles for generally being an idiot rather than being hey couldn't you've just rushed through uh, a few malicious. death penalty charges before you left well office? yeah <laughs> well you know i I, I mean i did try and get back at andrew to be fair i, I did um sabotage his car on several occasions <laughs> involving one point, I, I yeah, I, I found I found a length of rope and I, I tied his bumper to a skip. Um, I'm not really sure what happened from that. Um, and I also, for some years afterwards, um, using the mobile number I had for him, I, I basically put his phone number on every website I could find. So he's been been sold insurance, double glazing, life insurance, bank accounts, um, cut price holidays, and all kinds of strange things for many years, but. You know, I, I don't really feel like I'm over it, if I'm honest. I think I think you've just got to remember why you got into it in the first place, Matt. Your love of the freewheeling um, tampon advertising activities <laughs> that you got on with at Warwick. Um, um, try and put it all behind you. <laughs> well, to be honest, Matt, I actually, I actually would go with a different approach. What I would do is um, I would actually just do some good old internet research and just find out where he is right now. Um, I would find out if he stayed in the area or if he moved and I would just basically track down where he lives, go to his house and find out where he parks his car. And then early one morning, 
when there's frost on the on the car windscreen, what I would do is I would just with your finger, I would just draw a single roller blade. <laughs> <laughs> say a dick <laughs> a rollerblading and dick then... <laughs> disembodied rollerblading <laughs> cock then your work is done <laughs> I, <think. laughs> I don't know Josh what, what, are you, what's your, what, do you, what do you reckon what would you do in this situation like would that. you just let it go or you know would you... I like the sinister yeah. element of what Matt's suggesting it's like it's like this sort of thing it, it's perfect it's the message of I see you I know where you live I'm still rollerblading <laughs> after all these years. I don't forget. You know, I don't know. Or you could, yeah, again, or you could go with Matt's um, and just send him, like, you know, your rollerblading society photo. His face <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, this kind of shit, honestly, this kind of shit really works. It really works. It really scares people. Oh, God. Brilliant. Well, that takes us to the end of another show. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please like, share and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you didn't, well, why not go back to ice skating on actual thin ice? This week's Taunton Business shout-out goes to Ed Cullen Catering. Ed has been providing home-delivered roast meals to the residents of Taunton for some time now. The feedback has been excellent and from the photos, it really does look to be worth every single penny. Great job, Ed, and keep up the good work. As usual, this bat massaman of a podcast is brought to you by Moran's Restaurant in Westwood Ho in Devon. For the best Thai takeaway north of Koh Samui, give Moran's a call. This was straight from the hot tower.